It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. We are recapping that 31-20 loss as your Auburn Tigers took on the fifth-ranked Texas A&M Aggies at Jordan-Hare Stadium. It was not pretty, but first things first, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. You can use promo code 10OFF. As always, they are partnering with three partner restaurants each and every week. Those are Piazza Roman, Pokemon, and Arigato. And if uh, your order is $30 or more, you can use promo code 10OFF. For your uh, for ten dollars off your order, you can also use promo code Zach twenty Z A C two zero for your first delivery free. Be sure to head over to fetchmedeliver.com. They've got an awesome blog there talking about you know the the perks of local business and kind of a, a peek behind the scenes as local businesses have been doing um you know some creative things during this this wild time with you know limited opening and, and all that. So fetchmedeliver.com or uh, search fetchmedeliver in your phone's app store. I'm Zach Blackerby. Michael Pappas joining me. How are you, sir? I'm great, Zach. How are you today? I'm good, man. We're recording this right after the Patriots just took it to the Chargers, so I'm actually in a pretty good mood, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about the Auburn Tigers falling short to the Texas A&M Aggies, and we were talking before we started recording, like, the uh, the story for this isn't the game. It's uh, It's kind of more macro- than this, so we're just going to kind of see where it goes. We're going to start talking about the game. I got a feeling it's going to kind of zoom out as we jump into our conversation, but I guess if you had to limit it to the game, it's Bo Nix missed some open guys, and the defense could not stop the run, right? I mean, that's kind of what you boil it down to. Uh, I mean, sure, you can. Alternate headline, Auburn goes toe-to-toe with the number five team in the country. The I mean, the, the fourth quarter collapse was pretty dramatic, it was pretty dramatic, but if you yeah, want to just and, look at the first and, three quarters, you're absolutely right. It was toe to toe. Yeah, and I understand that. And you know, uh, talking to different people, saying Auburn didn't uh, adjust in the fourth quarter, um, but you know, defense obviously. I mean, they couldn't do anything against that Texas A&M offensive line. They 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 got absolutely manhandled. But uh, I mean, on offense, after you get that first three and out in the fourth quarter. You know, based on the way the offense has played the entire game up to that point, I feel like you're kind of like, oh, well, that was a, a bad couple plays, but we'll get them next time. And then after you go three and out again, you're probably like, okay, let's change something. And then they didn't get the ball back until the game was out of hand. I mean, Texas A&M had the ball for like 14 more minutes than Auburn did in this game. It was absolutely absurd. Right. But at some point, it's okay as a defense, you've got you've to step it up and win the line of scrimmage. And Auburn... <laughs> 
even when they blitz, it's like they didn't get home. And then mm-hmm. Kelamon would do just enough to move the chains or find somebody that was open. And it was just, I think over the course of 60 minutes, I think the score was pretty, I think Texas A&M was 11 points better than Auburn on Saturday. I think the score does the game justice, despite it being toe-to-toe going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's, I thought this was um, very much like a lot of the other games that Auburn has played this season. The only difference was in the other games this season, Zacoby McLean has caught that interception. Mm. And in quite a few of them, he's ran it back. And, 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 you know, hypothetically, if he makes that play, that's a 14 point swing right there. Mm-hmm. And that's insanely unlucky. And it stinks that that's going to be, you know, something that's remembered from this game because Zacoby McLean had the best game an Auburn linebacker has had in years. Right. With 17 tackles. I mean, the guy was everywhere f- during this game. So he had to be. I, I just. And he stepped up. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, and, the defensive line, I mean, they the, the ball carries were going to get past the defensive line on Saturday. And like you said, Zach, it was it was like a slow, painful death watching this Texas A&M offense run. Yeah. I mean, they, were, they threw the ball down the field once, and then it was like everything else they gained between 7 and 13 yards. Which is, what, what did I say Auburn needed to do defensively last week? I said they needed to get close to the line of scrimmage and make Kellen Mond throw the ball downfield. And he didn't have to do that. And that's when he plays his best. What I didn't know going into this game, I'll be honest, Zach, hand up, and, and it's on me. The Texas A&M offensive line has allowed four sacks now through eight games this season, all obviously against SEC opponents. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, apparently, they've got four seniors and a redshirt sophomore. And three of Todd McShay during the game, I don't know if you heard this, was saying that three of those guys are going to get drafted and all three of the seniors are going to get drafted this season and all five guys are going to play in the NFL. Like We talked I, about the tackles and our matchups. I listed both of the tackles by name. Yes, you did. And I thought that was kind of it. I didn't realize it was like, oh, like this offensive line just says the Maroon Goons. Yeah, they called the Maroon Goons. Right, we missed oh. that. We totally missed that. But... I know that this is going to be a spin zone and and people are going to be like, oh man, you're just trying to put a positive spin or look at it through orange and blue glasses. Guys, I said this from before the season started. I was worried that if Auburn got blown out by Alabama, that they wouldn't show up to play Texas Mm A&M. I thought it was going to be incredibly difficult to get a bunch of college kids after you lose your biggest game of the season bad to turn around and play a team that could beat you again. And I was, frankly, I thought this game was going to be over in the first quarter. I and it uh, wasn't over until four minutes left in the fourth or something. That's not a win. I don't, not a win. I don't think it was a mental thing, man. I don't think it was a lack of effort or a lack of preparation or you're not wanting to be there type of thing. I don't either. I thought, they, I mean, but I, but, but I, I, I think with, you know, you saying, you know, tying it to losing to, to the, you know, losing in the Iron Bowl the week prior. I mean, what does that imply then? No, I, I'm saying I was impressed that they did show up and did give 100% effort gotcha. and all gotcha, of that. Gotcha, gotcha, Yeah, I mean, uh, if you would have just watched that game, you would not have guessed the Iron Bowl was the week before. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I agree I, with that. I agree with you. I was worried the whole – from the since this schedule got released and we saw that this game was after, I was worried blowout, they won't show up. They showed up. Unless unless impressed. the defensive line was just gassed, and that's why they 
played so poorly. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the only thing maybe you could tie to the Iron Bowl from the previous week. But um, offensively, I kind of liked what they were doing for the first three quarters. And then they just kind of were in a situation where, like you said, when they got the ball back and they stalled, it was the, the, the game was out of hand and they had to do some things, which then made the score look worse. So I think um, the play that sticks out to me well, on defense, you mentioned a Kobe's uh, potential pick. And then the other one is Bo Nix missing Eli Stove, and that was a touchdown pass. And he did that thing where he left the ground and threw off his back foot, and he didn't need to do that, relying so much on arm talent. And it just doesn't make sense. At some point, you got to take the lick. I love what Bo Nix did with his legs. I wish he did more of that. Um, you know, that, that ridiculous touchdown where it was like this weird zone read or, you know, this weird RPO play action. It was so busted, you couldn't really tell what it was, but him eluding, you know, the the sack or tackle for a loss, depending on what they were trying to do, and him going for the touchdown, that was incredible. That was great. And then, you know, uh, I think it was the next series, he had a really nice run and, and got a first down plus some. And then outside of that, a lot of the offense was just kind of a blur. You think about Tank's long run, which he did not look healthy to me. I know a lot of Auburn fans were saying, like, oh, he's back, he's healthy. I'm like, ah, I think he would have scored if he was healthy on that run. But Yeah, I thought he was, uh, just that run specifically, Zach, I thought he was limping, and then he just kind of went out of bounds. When have we ever seen Tank Bigsby right. not enjoy the contact there at the end? Yeah, I, I didn't notice him losing a step in normal runs, but yeah, when, when he was in the open space, I'm like, ah, that doesn't look, that doesn't look like he's healthy to me, but... I don't know, man. All in all, I, I was just, they were close. And it's like, I guess you can take the moral victory side of it, but Auburn fans are just tired of that. And let's talk about how Auburn fans are feeling in, in, in just a moment. Do you feel like you're always on? Everything is go, go, go. Well, uh, a lot of you uh, do feel that way. And there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing this year, there's still plenty of football on. And of course, if you're listening to this, your Auburn Tigers are playing. They're a week away from finishing their 10-game season. But watching football is therapeutic to fans, or at least it's supposed to be as uninterrupted me time, and it's an excuse to chill and drink beer. So we encourage you to drink the beer that's literally made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Michael, I think looking at this game, though, you know, talking about it at the top of the show, the storyline following this game isn't the game. It is where Auburn is as a football program under Gus Malzahn. And if folks want to keep that going, keep things going under Gus Malzahn, or if it is time to find a new leader of this program and potentially find a new head coach. 
That's that's the big talking point. You know, people are talking about it in our Discord. Highly encourage you to check out our Discord if you are not a member. We've had a ton of fun debating topics and talking about things uh, all over the place. Tons of different things. So I'll, I'll put a link to that in the episode description. But Michael, I mean, I think you and I have different takes on this as far as what Auburn needs to do moving forward. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I guess it's possible. I think it's time. Uh, I, I just, if you can get your guy, there's several names being thrown out there, and we'll touch on those as we, uh, I think we'll have time for some lister questions and lister comments today. But if you can get your guy, I think now is the time to do it. Who's your guy? I think it needs and to what, be. Yeah. I'm sorry. First question Who's your guy? Uh, Lane Kiffin is my guy. I am all in on Lane Kiffin. Give him whatever and, amount of money he needs. Okay. And what makes you think that you can go get him now? Because uh, I think Auburn will be able to, I think they can pay enough money. And I think he knows the, uh, I, I don't think he went to Ole Miss thinking it was a long-term situation. I also don't hate the Hugh Freeze thing. I don't think Hugh Freeze will come to Auburn, but that's just a gut feeling. I don't know. But all in all, I think you have to get someone you look at all of these great teams, the teams that are competing for championships, and it's all about offense now. And I think you have to get someone that can elevate your offense. And when you get a five-star quarterback on campus that's ranked as high as Bo Nix and has a natural ability as much as Bo Nix does, I think you need to get somebody that can use him. And it's clear that Gus hasn't been able to do that consistently. And I think you need to get someone who can. I mean, you look at what he has been able to do at Ole Miss with subpar talent on very large stages, and I think it's it's. Uh, I think it makes a huge statement for the fact that he can play Alabama better than Gus Malzahn can, and Gus is coaching in an Iron Bowl. So uh, I'm all in on Lane Kiffin. That's that is that is my guy. To answer your first question, what is your second question? Well, my second question was why is it this game? I mean, why is this game the tipping point? Because I think he knew what what, what it was going into it. Right, I think he knew he needed to beat a ranked team at home this year or a ranked team at all on the, on the season. And he has not been able to do that. I think when you look at Texas A&M, I don't think they're a significantly more talented team than Auburn. And you're at home and your back was against the wall. And I think, you know, I, 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 I kind of make the joke, you know, the desperate Gus Malzahn thing. And a few people want me to talk about this and I will. Um, we had a listener text and I... I'm not going to use this because it's a cop-out, but I do think it's worth talking about. Nick text us, 205-502-4285 is the number. You can text or call. Desperate Gus is still undefeated. He did not look desperate at all today. And I think that's true to an extent. I think he was desperate. You just didn't see it in the game plan at all. But I, I think he was um, I think he was over-conservative knowing that he needed a few plays to go his way and he needed to get consistent chunk plays and he wasn't able to do it when it mattered most. Um, I guess, I mean, I guess my counter would be that like this Texas A&M team right now is ranked number five in the country. And we both agreed that they're not a top 10 team. What? We both talked about how they were not a top 10 team. What we saw two Saturdays ago when they took on LSU. Yeah. Against LSU, they did not look like a top 10 team. I agree with you. Um, when they came out the way that they played this Saturday, the way that offensive line looked. 
they looked incredible and they are um they are a top five team in the country and they they hold this season probably the second best win in college football against florida yeah behind only Notre Dame beating Clemson. I mean, you could make a real argument that Texas A&M should be ranked ahead of Clemson right now in the college football playoff rankings. Like, yes, I agree. They're probably not a, a more talented team than Auburn. Yes, I agree. They, I mean, this maybe should have been a closer game, but it, this is not a situation, in my mind at least, where... Auburn showed up to play and looked unprepared. I mean, they had a game plan, and the offensive game plan worked really well for, I mean, really the whole game until those last two drives. So the first drive and the last two. Everything in the middle, the offensive game plan worked well. They moved the ball basically at will. They averaged like seven yards a rush. Um, the defensive game plan, I uh, I guess I can't really speak to whether or not the game plan worked or not because the defensive line just got their butts whipped. And, and maybe that is a, a scheme thing and they need a scheme better for the defensive line because they seem to not be that good. But, you know, I, I understand the frustration with Gus Malzahn. I don't get it coming after this game. Coming after the Iron Bowl, I'm with you. I'm pissed. They looked unprepared for a rivalry game it's it's just this game losing to a top five team at home in a game that you're in the entire time i, I don't know man i, I just th this to me doesn't seem like the tipping point kind of a loss i, I get your point with the timing i think it's just a, a cumulative thing and you kind of knew going into it after the iron bowl that a lot of people were really going to emphasize the importance of this game just looking at the numbers though over the course of um over the course of this game, 4 of 10 on third down, 0 for 1 on fourth down, 144 yards passing, 196 yards rushing. The issue that I have is this offense has no identity whatsoever. Nine games into the season, it has no identity. A lot of that has to do with injuries, but still, you've been here for eight years. It is your responsibility to have depth. You know that guys are going to get hurt Playing a, a game, you know, playing this physical schedule that you have at Auburn, and it's even worse now that you know with every game being an SEC team. And I, I just think you need to have an identity at some point, and he's lost that. And Auburn really hasn't had an offensive identity since 2017, and to me, that's a problem. But if you're asking why after this game, I think it's because you went into it, you know, it was a must-win, and you didn't do anything special. Okay, um, I also don't. I just think Auburn should be a little more hesitant to fire a, a coach that has been very successful, especially in the current SEC climate, when you can look at plenty of other SEC programs and see that when they have fired successful coaches, the programs have tanked rather quickly because – you know, you, you don't know what you're getting a lot of times when you're hiring coaches. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't see the appeal of taking the Auburn job. I'm right there with you. I'm right there like, with you. And, you know, a lot of people are mad about Gus's salary. I have no issue with that because if you want to be competitive, you're going to have to pay someone more to come compete with Auburn, Georgia, now Clemson and recruiting, Florida and recruiting. They're the, be they're the best they've been in a while. LSU, 
Yeah, it's not the best job in the country. I don't think it's as attractive of a job as a lot of Auburn fans think it is. I cut you off. I agree with you. No, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, I, I don't think people are, keep throwing out names like Hugh Freeze or this is the first time I've heard Lane Kiffin, to be honest with you. I'm a little surprised by that. I'm but. all in on the Lane train. Just be, solely because of the offense, you need to hire a guy, I believe, as an offensive-minded guy that you know can adapt to the times and be, you know, when you get these talented receivers and these talented running backs, and these talented quarterbacks, that it's like, okay, you see what's happening, you know, up north in Tuscaloosa, but you also see what's happening, you know, with LSU. And then you just look at all of these top-tier programs. It's offense. It's passing. Last year was the explosive play. This year, it's passing, passing, passing. And I think college football is going in that direction. And I know Auburn fans want to run the football. I know Auburn fans want to throw to the tight end. But all in all, when you look at what the really, really good teams throughout college football are doing now, is they're passing it to these super athletic NFL-ready wide receivers. And Auburn has those guys. I don't think personnel is the issue here. Because I think if you put, you know, what what Steve Sarkeesian is doing in Alabama currently, I think if you put Auburn's personnel in that offense, it is significantly better and I think all of a sudden you look at it and after the season's done, Auburn's eight and two. And it's just like, okay, all right. Now the question is, if your offense gets that much better and you're still losing to Alabama and to Georgia every year, are you still are you still unhappy? Are you still uh are you still, you know, not satisfied with anything? And I think that's the question. Because I don't think you're really gonna be able to go get anyone that really changes that a whole lot. So we will have to see. We'll keep this conversation going. We will uh, look at some listener texts in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. My uh, order of Built Bar, they uh, they came in, gosh, uh, Thursday, I think. We got the uh, the peanut butter brownie that also came with um, mint candy cane brownie. They're both delicious, absolutely delicious. They got 18 amazing flavors, anything you want. They've got nut and non-nut flavors. All the bars covered 100% in chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious listener. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And all the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, and very high in protein. And I love it that they keep you full. Uh, you know, you can have one for lunch, and you will, uh, you'll, you'll feel full until, until it's dinner time. I've been eating mine for breakfast, and they keep me full until lunch. So I love that. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for 20% off at builtbar.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pappas, do you have anything else you want to touch on before we read a few listener texts? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, no, I thought the offensive line looked as good in this game as they have all season, if not better. Um Still shout out Jack Bicknell, Bicknell, however you say his name. I think he's been yeah. probably the, I don't know if I should say unsung hero because we've talked about him a couple times, but I mean, he's been incredible this season. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. All right, Phoenix from Tennessee uh, text. So once again, our number, 205-502-4285. Guys, I'm done. That's it. I said it half-heartedly last year when I thought we should make a move of Matt Rule engage interest. Now I'm saying it. Let's go. Jamie Chadwell, if getting a clean slate at an SEC school would interest him. He has the swag, has the it thing. Have you seen the guy's playbook? I'm a sucker for a good option scheme. It's time to leave it all behind. Been a fan of Gus for a long time, truly. And if we want to protect any legacy standard he may have built, like the football-only complex, you guys know stuff, then we need to let this guy go. Any comments there? I mean... Uh, I do not think it's a good idea for Auburn to go hire a coach that has had one good season in the Sun Belt. Uh, I agree with you there. A lot of the names that people are saying, I'm like, I think Gus is better than them. Um, I just think, look, Jamie Chadwell and a lot of these guys, they could end up being incredible coaches. They could also become Butch Jones very quickly. Totally. Totally. I I agree with you. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. And right now, the devil you know is averaging nine and four. So I I know that that is, it might sound complacent, but like when you've got, you know, the best dynasty in all of sports, the best head coach in all of college football history, three mm-hmm. hours away, I, I think that's incredibly impressive. And I, I, I don't know. I agree with you. Uh, I, I would rather keep Gus than, than Chadwell. Um, Will from Alpharetta, Georgia, text 205-502-4285. I mentioned how you, Zach, and Michael talk about Gus coaching different when his back is against the wall. I think after this game, we need to consider the buyout and moving in the direction of Venables or P.J. Fleck. Personally, I believe those two are the best to fit the culture at Auburn. What do you think? Love the show, fellas, and congrats on Jaws being hired. WDE. Yeah, shout out shout out former intern Jaws, and thank you, Will. Appreciate you listening. Um, I used to be on the PJ Fleck train when we were, when Auburn fans were on the whole, like let's get rid of Gus a few years ago. I was very pro PJ Fleck. I think he was still at, um, gosh, where was he before Minnesota? I'm blanking. Uh, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, directional Western Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Western Michigan. I think you're right. Um, I was super high on him. The more I hear him talk and I, I don't dislike the guy. In fact, I like PJ Fleck. I don't know. And I, and I think the dog Harry agrees with me. I don't think he uh I don't think he fits here culturally. Um I don't have a reason why. It's just kind of a gut feeling. And then Venables, I think Venables is exciting, and I'm little surprised that he is still there after being there so long, but I don't think defensive coordinator is the way to go here. I think in this day and age of college football, you win with offense. I think you want the leader of your program to be an offensive-minded coach. So that's just kind of where I am at with uh, with that. Michael, do you have anything to add there? Yeah. First, sorry, put the barking. Okay. Um, second, um, Minnesota's two and five or something like that and has like the worst COVID issues in the country. Um, both of those, I feel like, are coaching things. And again, P.J. Fleck is a coach that's had – one good season at a Big Ten school. Um, Brett Venables has repeatedly said that he doesn't want to be a head coach, and now his son is at Clemson. And to be honest, I don't know if the Auburn head coaching job is a better job than the Clemson defensive coordinator job right now. 
Cool. I agree with all that. I think those are all good points. Um, Garrett from Juneau, Alaska. I love that we have listeners in Alaska. That is awesome. Thanks for uh, texting in, Garrett. Garrett says, if we keep Gus, what are the chances of us making a run to the SEC championship? If we fire Gus, what are our chances then? I'm assuming he means like in the future, right? Over the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the argument and that's kind of the question. It's like, if you get, if you give Gus next year, which has kind of been the year everybody's talking about, Bo Nix with his third season, maybe you have a good offensive line coming back. You got Tank coming back. Um, maybe you keep one of your receivers. Is there a chance that he makes it to the SEC next year? And personally, like, I don't see it, but it's more likely next year than it is this year. I've got to turn that off. I have text going to my computer now. Sorry if y'all can hear that. Um, I don't see it being likely next year, but way more likely next year than it is this year. Um, and then if you don't get them, I think it just kind of depends on if the higher splashes or not. That's kind of why I'm all in on getting an offensive-minded coach so it has a chance to splash and to pop next year, but I think that's really what it comes down to. I think, though, it's like if you had to bet, like, you know, if you could compare timelines where one you keep Gus and one you don't, I still feel like the one with Gus Malzahn would win an extra game next year. That's just a feeling. Uh, I don't disagree. I mean, if we're talking about one season, I definitely think the chances are better with Gus Malzahn unless Auburn's going to go get Bill Belichick or Kyle Shanahan or something or Tom uh, um, Sean McVay or somehow get Nick Saban. But like Chris wants us to get Nick Saban. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I would love for us to get Nick Saban. That would be the state of Alabama would fall off the planet. It'd be crazy. <laughs> That would be absolutely ridiculous. I just, I, I mean, I think at this point, for the most part, you're looking at hiring a, um, I mean, maybe a uh, a middle middle of the pack Big Twelve team or a coach from one of those or a, a coach from. I'm going to be honest. If Auburn fires Gus, it's going to be Rhett Lashley. Everyone should know it's going to be Rhett Lashley. I don't know why anyone thinks it would be anyone but Rhett Lashley. Auburn loves to hire guys who have been at Auburn. They do it over and over and over again. Rhett Lashley is the offensive coordinator at Miami. They're a top 10 team. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it wouldn't be Rhett Lashley. I think that's interesting because a lot of people are saying that, and I don't disagree with you as far as likeliness. You know, if Gus were to get fired, I think the odds in Vegas, Rhett Lashley would be the favorite. But, you know, just to, you know, look at the other side of the coin here, we don't know what exactly, you know, Alan Green wants to do. We don't know how he operates. Also, we don't know how much control Alan Green even has in that scenario with the politics behind the scenes and all that. So, like, there's no way to know. There's no way to know. Um, all right, we're about out of time. Let's um, let's do one more. Um, listening from Franklin, Tennessee. Why does it appear that we have trouble attracting linemen, coaches of that position, type of offense we run? Love the show. I think we talked about this uh, a little bit earlier, right, Pappas? It's, it's you're having to recruit linemen against all of these other schools. You're having to recruit against Alabama and Georgia and Florida and LSU. And it's just, it's tough. And it's wild that Auburn seems to get second for every tackle. I mean, even a a lot of the guys Auburn was going after, uh, they all went to Tennessee. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Tennessee's offensive line is filled with four and five stars. On paper, Tennessee has the most talented offensive line in the country. And we saw a few weeks ago that their offensive line is not that good. So, it's um it's been interesting watching and following the recruiting. They've been fine in this year's class, 
which is a bit ironic because this year's class is like ranked 40th at the time of us recording this. So um, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, I just don't. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't, I mean, we don't, I, I certainly don't know what goes into recruiting someone, especially someone um, who plays offensive line, but I don't know. Yeah. Pappas, where can we find you, bud? Uh, follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. Follow it on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And we will be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. See you then. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.